Step into your authentic self and find genuine power with Gina Gardiner, number one international best-selling author, motivational speaker, empowerment coach, and transformational leadership trainer. Gina suffered a serious accident at 29, leaving her paralyzed and learning how to walk not once but twice. It's not the challenges which define us, but what we do with them. You are not broken and you are enough. Gina has dedicated her life to helping people recognize that you have a choice to be happy, to be successful, and to live life full of joy and fulfillment. Access your inner resources to live life fearlessly. Find your true purpose and feel self-confident. Connect with Gina Gardiner at genuinely-u.com. That's Gina Gardiner at genuinely-u.com. Hello there, and welcome to our Genuine Discussions. Today you have my good friend Deborah Thorne, the Information Diva, Diva and I'm Gina Gardner, and I um, am the CEO of Genuinely You. We've started these international conversations across the Atlantic. I'm in the UK, and Deborah's in the United States, to really explore you know, the different culture, the different way in which we think, and yet, we are very much together, we, we are very connected, and we're very pleased that you've joined our discussions. Um, and today is a, a theme that I think is incredibly important, and so does, does Deborah, which is around perception. You know, our perceptions become our reality. The interesting thing is when you shift your perception, you shift your reality. In the same way, if you actually stood at the doorway to your kitchen, and you look at your kitchen, you get a very different view of it than if you stood on the draining board and looked at your kitchen from that point of view. So, Deborah, perception, what does it mean to you? Tell me your thoughts about perception. Okay, and good morning to everybody from the United States. Yay! Okay, so perception to me is how we view things, and so often we consider, consider that to be fact when it really is two or three people can look at the very same thing and see something differently. So for me, it's how I'm viewing something and being mindful that it isn't necessarily so for everyone else. But when we were talking about this topic, what immediately came to mind for me, being a devout Christian, you know, everything goes back to that base when I can. And we have scripture that says, as a man thinketh, so he is. So whatever our perception is, that is what is driving it. And I think that having our discussions and talking about it, and particularly when we're talking about things from the perspective of an American, you know, someone who lives in the United States, an African-American, a woman, all of those titles give me a different perception about things that are commonplace. And then I listen to you, Gina, and you're coming from, you know, halfway around the world, and we're looking at the same things. And the wonderful thing is that we agree on so much, but it's interesting that it has to do with, you know, where we're from, what our experiences have been. And I think what's important to me is, is that our audience understands that whatever you're looking at is exactly your perception, not necessarily someone else's perception or reality. It's interesting because if, um, if you ask the police 
um, when they're gathering evidence, when are the times that they feel um, most concerned? And it's when everybody gives them exactly the same story, because mm -hmm. then there is their perception that this is made up and the people have got together. I think, you know, one of the things that I talk to, um, to people about in terms of our perception, imagine that you're on a train or a, a train or you're in a public restaurant and there is a guy there and he's got two children, perhaps aged six and ten, and those children are climbing the walls, they're jumping up and down on the, the seats, they're making a noise, and he's just sitting there doing nothing. And I ask people, what would your first thoughts be? So if you saw somebody in that situation where the man was sitting there and doing you know, nothing to control his children, the chances are your first perception was, well, why doesn't he do something? Bad parenting, you know, stop it. But if I then said to you that that guy is on his way home from hospital, he's just heard that his wife is terminally ill and has days to live, would your perception of that man change? And I would think for the vast majority of people that they would then start to have sympathy for that man and view the fact that his children were climbing the walls and that he was doing nothing about it very, very differently. What had shifted was that there was a new piece of information. And I think for me, one of the things that I hope that people will take from our discussion today is being open to new pieces of information rather than closing your mind to say this is my perception this is my truth i am right and nothing is going to change that because for me that becomes if you like fundamentalism it becomes something which is quite dangerous Absolutely. Uh, so you know Example, it would, I think perhaps for our, view, uh, our viewers, it would be useful to have a, a couple of examples from each of our lives where our perceptions have been challenged. And as a result of that, we have begun to think differently. Okay, um, interesting. When you were telling the story of the child, I recently had something happen like that. Um, I, was, uh, I was actually away at a conference and staying in a hotel. And I had just spoken to this gentleman and he had a beautiful family and I was talking to the kids in the elevator coming down and everything was fine. And they went to their table and had breakfast. I went to my table and had breakfast. And all of a sudden there's this loud screech and this child is yelling bacon, bacon, bacon. And I'm like, for real? I know you're not even making that noise, which was my thought. And then after I sat there a while and watched the family dynamic and the family really was going on about what they were doing and ignoring this behavior, it made me really think, I have a grandson who has autism mm -hmm. and thank God we don't have outbursts like that, but children on the spectrum do. Yeah. So then my mind said, could this be a child on the spectrum? Could this child be having some other kind of emotional problem? What is really going on? Because the family just kept doing what they were doing. I mean, even the smaller children, they didn't respond. And so this was the way they handled it. And they then removed him from the room. And it caused me to really think. Yeah. And I think in this day and time, particularly when so many people are dealing with so many things and so many people are pushed to the brink, it behooves us 
to stop a moment. You know, we've all heard yeah. the, the idiom, you know, walk a mile in a man's shoes before you judge him. Yeah. I think now more than ever, it's important because I think people on both sides of the world are really frustrated financially, emotionally. A lot of stuff is going on and you really don't know who it is you're bumping into. So if for no other reason, self-preservation says, let me take, take a step back. Let me breathe. Let me think about it and see if I could come up with another you know, possibility. And more importantly, can I help with the solution? You know, sitting there, if I had been a little bit closer, they were just getting ready to take him out. I'm the guy and walked over to him and said, hey, man, you know, we just met in the elevator. What's the problem? You know, yeah. why, you know why is bacon so important? Yeah. It's interesting because, I mean, I, I'll share mine and then, because it, for me, it's the issue of not only perception, but the judgments that we make Absolutely. when we have a perception. So this is going back a while now. I was a young teacher and um, I was involved in putting up a, 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 a managing a, um, a, an environmental study, a display for that. And so I'd gone into the, uh, the teacher's centre building on a Saturday morning to go and put up all of the, the displays. And I was met at the door by a young man who was covered in tattoos, who had um, a, a shaved head, he had piercings in his nose, his ears, his lip, his everywhere. Um, he was wearing a hoodie. Uh, and I, my immediate response was to take a step back, that I found this threatening. Here was somebody who was coming towards me. It was, it was full daylight, but somebody who my perception of him is... He is, because of the way he was physically adorned, if you like, and dressed, here is a guy who was a threat. But I, I said good morning, and um, he said good morning, and he said I'm uh, deputising for the caretaker, and I'm here to help you all day. And as the day went on and I spoke to this young man and he was incredibly supportive and helpful, it turned out that his hobby was to help disabled people. He worked in a, with a disabled club where able-bodied and disabled uh, met together. He was um, artistic and musical. He was a gentle, loving, beautiful soul. But my first reaction had been to go, whoa, my perception of you is you are a threat. Now, I'm not suggesting for anybody who's watching this that you're not sensible. If it was been a dark night and you're, you know, there's blokes with hoodies um, in a, a very isolated area, yes, of course, be, be mindful of your personal safety. That's a different issue. But how often is our perception of people one that we make a stereotypical judgment? You talked about being... American, being a woman, being black. I'm, I use a wheelchair. I'm, uh, I'm from the UK. I'm white. I'm disabled. People's perception of both of us will, for many people, fit a stereotype. But you are uniquely you, an amazing lady, and I'm uniquely me. And we don't actually fit any stereotype. Right. And neither do most people. And so I'm urging everybody who's listening to this, 
challenge your perceptions, your stereotypes, um, because they're very, I would say more often than not, they are, they're more untrue than they are true. They are true, absolutely. And I so agree with you. Um, I love the story of the young man who was there to help you because that has been my experience. I work a lot with uh, young adults and, and teenagers and because I speak to them first, even if they were going to be a threat, they're taken aback that I yes. would walk up and say, hey, you know, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, because a young man once said to me, nobody ever asked me. And I said, well, sweetie, I'm asking you, how you doing today? Okay. <clears throat> but it brings me back to a time when my son was 11, about 11 years old. Yeah. And he and I got, were on an elevator and a woman, you know, we're obviously a black family, and a woman who was white stepped on the elevator as well. No, I got it back, excuse me. She was on the elevator, we stepped on, yeah. and she grabbed her purse. And I said to him, sweetheart, and I said it where she could hear, please come stand next to me. That lady doesn't know that she has nothing to fear from you. Hmm. And her, you know, she was immediately embarrassed and she said, oh, no, I didn't. I said, yes, you did. And I'm not going to allow you to put that on my son. Yeah. You may have whatever perception you have for whatever reason. And I got that. But what you're not going to do is brand him, make him think that he did something wrong, that there's something wrong with him. And I think that as we are evaluating our perceptions and spreading this word we want to be mindful of what we're doing to our younger people Absolutely. So, you know we're of the age where we grew up a certain way and we expect it to be a certain yeah. way but so did our parents and their friends and they thought we were radical with all the stuff we did and now we think the younger people are radical with this. Yeah. it's just time change it's the natural and it's order of things absolutely and I think, you know, when I look back at that younger self, I learned a huge lesson that day. Oh, one absolutely. I carried forward into every part of my life. And I'm forever grateful to that young man who has no idea what a, a, a watershed moment he created for me. But I, you know, life is full of those potential watershed moments. And I suppose for me, it's how often do we miss those because we yes. stay stuck in our perception yes. um, because we're not thinking mindfully. You know, they talk about 95% of, of every thought is, 95% of, of our thinking is habitual. And the mm -hmm. problem with habitual thinking is you don't give yourself the opportunity to challenge anything do you because it's just going on at unconscious level and right. so the more mindful you are about the way in which you think about yourself and the world uh, the more likely that you will enjoy those watershed moments and you will grow spiritually and grow um, as in in a, in a whole way as a person um, and we god we need that at the moment don't we and oh god so is, badly is so uh, fear-inducing and division-inducing um, that ultimately I think the more we can see each person as an individual with dreams and hopes and you know possibilities rather than you don't look the same as me you don't sound the same as me therefore you are a threat rather than one of the joys in in talking with you is that 
that you have a very different background to me, one that I'm mm -hmm. fascinated by. And as you started off by saying, uh, there's much more that is similar than... Oh, absolutely. Different. You've got more melatonin in your skin than me. Um, you know, I can go on holiday. I was in Hawaii for a month and I came back and people said, are you having a holiday this year? Because I go <laughs> burnt and then I go white again. <laughs> So, okay, that's different. You live in a different place. You know, we've been brought up by different parents, but intrinsically, you and I have so much in common. And that's true of all of our, our viewers and all of the people in society, really. We're just people. Oh. Exactly. And I try to remind people that the majority of the people are good people. Absolutely. The majority are good. What happens is the smaller percentage gets all the press. We talk about when people do the abnormal things, that's what we talk about. When, we talk, when people are being violent to one another, nasty to one another, um, I don't know if you guys have this going on on the internet right now, but we've got this thing where help me understand why people are going in grocery stores and actually opening up food and licking ice cream and putting the top back on and putting it back in the freezer and it's like really <laughs> you know like you can think of anything better to do it's horrible but that's not the majority of the people no. the majority of the people are walking by you know leaving food alone unless they're buying it and yet that's what gets the press and so then you get people saying see those young people no yeah. it's not those young. it was a few people who did some stupid things yeah. and you know i'm hoping that they get caught and because you know you're putting everybody's health at risk and that's yeah. my big concern you don't get to risk my health but the majority of the people are good yes. the majority of the people just want pleasant lives for their families they're hard working most people have some sort of circumstances that make life a little adverse if we could all just you know take a moment and breathe and see if you can understand yes but also, you know, you're absolutely right. But I think there is something about if you treat, if you, um, if your first instance is, this is somebody who's different, this is somebody that I fear, you're going to behave towards them in a way which actually makes that um, a self-fulfilling prophecy. If you treat absolutely. them badly, they will respond badly. And my experience of it, as such as it is, is that when people have been you know, somewhat uh, unpleasant, if I am, I am heartfelt that it has to be real and not pretend. But mm -hmm. I, if I show an interest in them, if I, um, if I behave respectfully and with kindness to them, in the vast majority of cases, they will respond to that and they will become a better version of, them, of themselves in that instance when they are, uh, that there is some sort of interaction between them. That's why I love babies so much. I, I just love babies. I think oh, babies are absolutely wonderful. We've got such a lot to learn from them, haven't we? Absolutely, because they don't prejudge at all. If you no. smile at a baby, they're gonna smile back. They don't yeah. care if you're black, white, old, young, a smile is a smile. If you reach out hands like you want to hug, a baby wants that. And unfortunately, we teach them differently later. You know, we say, no, you shouldn't be around that kind of person. Babies don't even care. They just 
everybody's good. And I just, so sometimes I just wish that we could all go back to that thought process. You know, and again, like what you said, if you're, you know, you want to be wise, you don't want to put your safety at risk. But oftentimes your safety becomes at risk because you responded first. Absolutely. Like, yeah. you know. Chicken and egg, which is it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you walk up on a person and you speak to them, even if they had intended to do you wrong, you caught them off guard. They're like, oh, wait, <laughs> you know, all I did was walk up and say, hi, hey, yeah. how was your day going? You yeah. Know? Yeah. And we're all just humans. And I just wish, I, I like the term being mindful. I like us to think about it. We don't have to be, it doesn't have to be habitual. We don't have to do it from habit we can actually, God, fix this so we can really think each time. And the more thinking we do, the better we'll be. And if, you know, people take from this conversation that they go into their day with the intention of looking for the good, looking for the things to enjoy in life, looking for the things to be grateful for, and seeing the world from that perspective, because even on the darkest day, there are amazing things. I oh, find oh, na- nature a huge source of awe and wonder. Or you know, somebody's given, phoned you, or somebody's given you a hug, or you're having a nice cup of tea. Very English, cup of coffee. <laughs> cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah. um, it can make even the most challenged of days feel better. Uh, and give you a perspective that, you know, if you focus on the fact that tomorrow is a new day, the sun's going to come up, even if it's raining, you know that the sun's there somewhere, don't you? And Absolutely. And the thing I like is, you know, a smile is contagious. If you smile at people, they yeah. have to smile. And then, especially as women, let's make it very selfish. It takes more muscles to frown than it does to smile. So our faces, do better when we smile. We'll it's look a younger, very, very good longer. <laughs> yes. So if for no other reason, just so that you'll look younger and better longer. You know, try smiling at people and looking for the good. Because if you look for the good, there is so much of it out there. Absolutely. I think that's probably a really good place for us to draw this to a close and to set everybody the challenge of when you go out in the street, when you go to the shop, look people in the eye and smile and say hello um, and just make a connection with them as as another human being absolutely um, so um it's i think i'd like to say to two viewers we do this on a monthly basis so we'd love to see you next month um we're not sure what our theme will be but you can contact both of us through our websites so Deborah, how can people contact you? And do you want to talk a little bit about what you do and what you can do for people? Okay, a little bit. All right, so I am Deborah Thorne, the information diva. I'm America's CEO, not CEO coach. I'm an international author, coach, trainer, and speaker. And so I work primarily with women over 50 who want to transition from entrepreneur excuse me, from employee to entrepreneur. I help by demystifying business principles and systems. And I encourage women to do business like a woman, not like a man, CEO, not CEO. The very best way to contact me is always by email. I am the queen of email. So if you would send me an email to TID, which stands for 
the information diva. So T I D at the information diva online.com. And I'd love to hear from you. If I can be of any assistance, please let me know. Brilliant. I'm Gina Gardner. I'm an international best-selling author. I'm a motivational speaker. I'm an empowerment and leadership and relationship coach. I am the founder member of the Thriving Not Surviving uh, program and the Thrive Tribe. Um, and if you're interested in that or the, the leadership program that's been developed, the Enlightened Leadership Program, um, or one-to-one -one coaching through the It's All About You program, you can find all of that and lots of free resources on my website, which is www.genuinely and then a hyphen and the word you.com genuinely you.com you'll find a free digital download of my of my latest book and a, a tv show series if you'd like be interested but you can also email me through that so you have lots of opportunities to get hold of both of us i'd like to say thank you so much for joining us both today and we look forward to seeing you next month bye-bye now goodbye You've just been listening to another great Genuinely You podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. Genuinely You is a culmination of Gina's work, spanning over 30 years of helping people learn what makes them feel happy and truly fulfilled and how to achieve it. Please visit genuinely-you.com today to find out more.